0: Section 22 of Scientific American Supplement, number 446, July 19, 1884. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Tatiana Chichilla. Scientific American Supplement, number 446, July 19, 1884. Vivarius, the deposition of ores, Part Two. Leaching of igneous rocks. The arguments against the theory that mineral veins have been produced by the leaching of superficial igneous rocks are in part the same as those already cited against the general theory of lateral secretion. They may be briefly summarized as follows. 1. Thousands of mineral veins in this and other countries occur in regions remote from eruptive rocks. Into this category come most of those of the eastern half of the continent, such as Canada, New England, the Allegheny Belt, and the Mississippi Valley among those i will refer only to a few selected to represent the greatest range of character such as the victoria lead mine near salt st marie the bruce copper mine on lake huron the gold bearing quartz vines of maddock the gatling gold vein of marmora the acton and the harvey hill copper mines of canada the copper veins of ely vermont and of blue hills maine the silver bearing lead veins of newburyport massachusetts most of the segregated gold veins of the allegheny belt the lead veins of Rossi, Ellenville, and at other localities farther south, the copper-bearing veins of Virginia, North Carolina, and Tennessee, the veins carrying Argentiferous galena in central Kentucky and in southern Illinois, the silver, copper, and antimony veins of Arkansas, and the lead and zinc deposits of Missouri and the upper Mississippi. In these widely separated localities are to be found fissure, segregated, and gash veins, and a great diversity of ores, which have been derived, sometimes from the adjacent rocks, as in the segregated veins of the Allegheny Belt and the gash veins of the Mississippi region, and in other cases, where they are contained in true fissure veins, from a foreign source, but all deposited without the aid of superficial igneous rocks, either as contributors of matter or force. 2. In the great mineral belt of the far west, where volcanic emanations are so abundant, and where they have certainly played an important part in the formation of ore deposits, the great majority of veins are not in immediate contact with trap rocks, and they could not therefore have furnished the ores a volume might be formed by a list of the cases of this kind but i can here allude to a few only most of which i have myself examined such as a the great ore chambers of the san carlos mountains in chihuahua the largest deposits of ore of which i have any knowledge these are contained in heavy beds of limestone which are cut in various places by trap dikes which, as elsewhere, have undoubtedly furnished the stimulus to chemical action that has resulted in the formation of the ore bodies, but are too remote to have supplied the material. b. The silver mines of Santa Yulia in Chihuahua, from which, during the last century, 112 millions of dollars were taken, opened on ore deposits situated in cretaceous limestones, like those of St. Carlos, and apparently similar ore-filled chambers. An igneous rock caps the hills in the vicinity, but is nowhere in contact, or even proximity, to the ore bodies. C. Kimball, American Journal of Sciences, March 1870. C. The Great Chambers of Tombstone, and the Copper Veins of the Globe District, the Copper Queen, etc., in Arizona. D. The Large Bodies of Silver Ore at Lake Valley, New Mexico, Chambers in Limestone, like C. E. The Black Hawk Group of Gold Mines, the Montezuma, Georgetown, and other silver mines in the Granite Belt of Colorado. F. The great group of veins and chambers in the Bradshaw, Lincoln, Star, and Granite districts of southern Utah, where we find a host of veins of different character in limestone or granite, with no trap to which the ores can be credited. G. The Chrisman Mammoth Vein of Tintic. H. The group of mines opened on the American Fork, on Big and Little Cottonwood, and in Parleys Park, including the Silver Bell, the Emma, the Vallejo, the Prince of Wales, the Kessler, the Bonanza, the Climax, the Pignon, and the Ontario. The latter, the greatest silver mine now known in this country, lies in quartzite, and the trap is near but not in contact with the vein. i. In Nevada, the ore deposits of Pioche, Tempute, Taibo, Eureka, White Pine, and Cherry Creek on the east side of the state, with those of Austin, Belmont, and a series too great for enumeration in the central and western portions. j. In California, the Bodie, Mariposa, Grass Valley, and other mines. Footnote. See Redmond's report, California Geological Mining Survey Statistics, Number 1, where 77 mines are enumerated, of which three are said to be in porphyritic schist, all the others in granite, mica schist, clay, slate, etc. Footnote. K. In Idaho, those of the poor man in the Owyhee District, the principal veins of the Wood River region, the Ramshorn at Chalice, the Custer and Charles Dickens at Bonanza City, etc. In nearly all these localities we may find evidence not only that the ore deposits have not been derived from the leaching of igneous rocks, but also that they have not come from those of any kind which form the walls of the veins. The gold-bearing quartz veins of Deadwood are so closely associated with dikes of porphyry that they may have been considered as illustrations of the potency of trap dikes in producing concentration of metals. But we have conclusive evidence that the gold was there in Archaean times, while the igneous rocks are all of modern, probably of tertiary, date. This proof is furnished by the cement mines of the Potsdam Sandstone. This is the beach of the Lower Silurian Sea when it washed the shores of an Archaean Island, now the Black Hills. The waves that produced this beach beat against cliffs of granite and slate containing quartz veins carrying gold. Fragments of this auriferous quartz, and the gold beaten out of them and concentrated by the waves, were in places buried in the sand beach in such quantity as to form deposits, from which a large amount of gold is now being taken. Without this demonstration of the origin and antiquity of the gold, it might very well have been supposed to be derived from the eruptive rock. Strong arguments against the theory that the leaching of superficial igneous rocks has supplied the materials filling mineral veins are furnished by the facts observed in the districts where igneous rocks are the most prevalent, such as 1. Such districts are proverbially barren of useful minerals. 2. Where these occur, the same sheet of rock may contain several systems of veins with different ores and gangues. The Great Lava Plain of Snake River, the Pedregal County of Eastern Oregon, Northern California, and Mexico are without valuable ore deposits. The same may be said of the Pancake Range and other mountain chains of igneous rock in Nevada, while the adjacent ranges, composed of sedimentary rocks, are rich in ore deposits of various kinds. A still stronger case is furnished by the Cascade Mountains, which, north of the California line, are composed almost exclusively of erupted material, and yet in all this belt, so far as now known, not a single valuable mine has been opened. In contrast with this is the condition of things in california where the sierra nevada is composed of metamorphic rocks which have been shown to be the repositories of vast quantities of gold silver and copper cases belonging to this category may be found at rosita and silver cliff where the diversity in the ores of the mines already enumerated can hardly be reconciled with the theory of a common origin at lake city the prevailing porphyry holds the veins of the ute and the Ule, and the ocean wave mines which are similar and the hotchkiss the bell etc entirely different we have no evidence that any volcanic eruption has drawn its material from zones or magmas especially rich in metals or their ores, and on the contrary, volcanic districts, like those mentioned, and regions such as the Sandwich Islands, where the greatest eruptions have taken place, are poorest in metalliferous deposits. All the knowledge we have of the subject justifies the inference that most of the igneous rocks which have been poured out in our western territories are but fused conditions of sediments which form the substructure of that country. Over the great mineral belt which lies between the Sierra Nevada and the front range of the Rocky Mountains, and extends not only across the whole breadth of our territory, but far into Mexico, the surface was once underlain by a series of Paleozoic sedimentary strata, not less than twenty to thirty thousand feet in thickness, and beneath these, at the sides, and doubtless below, were Archaean rocks, also metamorphosed sediments. Through these, the ores of the metals were generally those sparsely distributed. In the convulsions which have in recent times broken up this long quiet and stable portion of the earth's crust and which have resulted in depositing in thousands of cracks and cavities the ores we now mine portions of the old tableland were in places set up at high angles forming mountain chains and doubtless extending to the zone of fusion below between these blocks of sedimentary rocks oozed up through the lines of fracture quantities of fused metal which also sometimes formed mountain chains and it is possible and even probable that the rocks composing the volcanic ridges are but phases of the same materials that form the sedimentary chains there is therefore no a priori reason why the leaching of one group should furnish more ore than the other but as a matter of fact the unfused sediments are much richer in ore deposits this can only be accounted for in my judgment by supposing that they have been the receptacles of ore brought from a foreign source and we can at least conjecture where and how gathered we can imagine, and we are forced to conclude, that there has been a zone of solution below, where steam and hot water, under great pressure, have affected the leaching of ore-bearing strata, and a zone of deposition above, where cavities in pre-existent solidified and shattered rocks became the repositories of the deposits made from ascending solutions, when the temperature and pressure were diminished. Where great masses of fused material were poured out, these must have been, for a long time, too highly heated to become places of deposition. So long, indeed, that the period of active vein formation may have passed before they reached a degree of solidification and coolness that would permit their becoming receptacles of the products of deposition. On the contrary, the masses of unfused and always relatively cool sedimentary rocks which form the most highly metalliferous mountain ranges white Pine, Bee, etc were, throughout the whole period of disturbance, in a condition to become such repositories. Certainly highly heated solutions forced by an irresistible vis-a-turgo through rocks of any kind down in the heated zone, would be far more effective leaching agents than cold surface water with feeble solvent power, moved only by gravity, percolating slowly through superficial strata. Richthofen, who first made a study of the Comstock Lode, suggests that the mineral impregnation of the vein was the result of a process like that described, such as the leaching of deep-seated rocks— perhaps the same that enclosed the vein above, by highly heated solutions which deposited their load near the surface. On the other hand, Becker supposes the concentration to have been affected by surface waters flowing laterally through the igneous rocks, gathering the precious metals and depositing them in the fissure, as lateral secretion produces the accumulation of ore in the limestone of the lead region. But there are apparently good reasons for preferring the theory of Richtofen, such as, first, the vein stone of the Comstock is chiefly quartz, the natural and common precipitate of hot waters, since they are far more powerful solvents of silica than cold. On the contrary, the ores deposited from lateral secretion, as in the Mississippi Lead region, at low temperature, contain comparatively little silica. Second, the great mineral belt to which reference has been made above is now the region where nearly all the hot springs of the continent are situated. It is, in fact, a region conspicuous for the number of its hot springs, and it is evident that these are the last of the series of thermal phenomena connected with the great volcanic upheavals and eruptions of which this region has been the theater since the beginning of the tertiary age. The geysers of Yellowstone Park, the hot springs of the Wamchuk District in Oregon, the Steamboat Springs of Nevada, the geysers of California, the hot springs of Salt Lake City, Monroe, etc., in Utah, and the Pagosa in Colorado, are only the most conspicuous among thousands of hot springs, which continue in action at the present time. The evidence is also conclusive that the number of hot springs, great as it is now in this region, was once much greater. That these hot springs were capable of producing mineral veins by material brought up in and deposited from their waters is demonstrated by the phenomena observable at the steamboat springs, and which were cited in my former article as affording the best illustration of vein formation. End of section 22.